0: hi everyone thank you for joining us for the sun the moon and the truth my name is natalie backman and my co-host is karina guthrie and our guest today is mirabel de kunha mirabel and i met through a workshop with tracy stanley and there was something about mirabel that i imagine all of you will begin to sense immediately Um, that just drew both my head and my heart to her. And um, we took advantage of an opportunity to connect outside of that workshop. And what has begun to blossom and uh, already beginning to grow as well is what I consider to be a really beautiful friendship and sisterhood um, and the mutual love uh, and devotion to the goddess. Um, I want to welcome you, Mirabelle, um, to the podcast. And just thank you so much for giving us your time and your energy so generously. We look forward to talking with you and learning with you. Thank you
1: so much, Natalie. We really, um, really felt into the essence of our connection um, and I think it's a very auspicious day to be recording this podcast, um, the ninth day of this Navratri. So really, the way it has come together, there's something beyond what we understand. And I'm excited and patient to feel how this, <laughs>
0: this unfolds. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you so much. Would you like to tell us Uh, just a little bit about yourself so that we can get a sense of where all of your insight and wisdom is coming from. Mm. I think the insight
1: and the wisdom is coming from Ma, for sure, from the Divine Mother. Um, I don't understand her. I, I cannot connect much to her form, to her stories. I find them all interesting, but it's not, it was not this connection is not out of choice or logic or anything that i could decipher which is what i usually like to do in life (laughs) and um and i think that you know in terms of there has been this preparation for this overwhelming energy of ma because she is she's she's a mother right sometimes she's a little suffocating sometimes she's extremely playful and liberating and um, sometimes she's very adamant about what she wants and exactly how she wants it and so it's a very human kind of relationship um even though it's 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 not um and I think the journey for me ma is you know like to that goddess who is in all forms. And I grew up in Bombay, India, uh, in a Roman Catholic family, growing up in um, what we call a colony, like I guess you could say like a condo strata, something like that, um, full of Sikhs with a gurudwara, two stories, uh, two floors under my home. Um, I went to um, a school that was run by a Muslim trust um, and um, studied classical Indian dance because I was just enamored by it. And, um, you know, it was just so varied. The whole experience, and I was not conscious of it at all. But now I see that it gave me this innocent um, experience of the goddess in all forms. And all are beautiful.
0: Thank you for that. (laughs) For so many reasons. And that that seems like a really beautiful way to transition into the topic for our conversation today as well, which is continuity, Santati. And we'll be able to explore continuity in a few different avenues this morning or this afternoon, this evening, wherever you happen to be in the world. Um, And what I love about this conversation is the application that it has to both our practice and I think for all of us, most significantly, our life, how our practice shows up in our life, informs our life. Um, So we're excited to to dive in. Karina, would you like to take it from here, love?
2: Absolutely. Um, I think a a nice place to start would be, maybe just with the question, and I guess there are two sides to this coin. You know, if you were to say, you know, continuity in practice or continuity, you know, in life practice is dot, 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 how would you uh, describe that? And then the flip side of that is, what does the absence of that look like or mean or, how does the absence of that also manifest? So what is it? How does it show up? And what what is the absence of it? And how does that show up?
1: I think there's just one word for me in terms of what continuity offers, and that is trust. Um, I think, you know, I grew up a lot with a lot of questions, right? Going to church and then I went to school and there were like prayers in Arabic. We didn't have to say them, but I was surrounded by them. And then learning classical Indian dance and the mantras and everything. So I had a lot of questions. And I remember the priest always said to me, Mirabel, you have to have faith. And I couldn't get it and I said, but I want to know what's wrong with asking, what's wrong when I was like nine years old or, you know, like first Holy Communion class, like not, you know, not too old, not too young. And, And the priest said to me, you know, it says in the Bible, if you have faith, even the size of a mustard seed, Something I can't remember what was after that, but I remembered mustard seed and I felt like, oh, my God, I'm so awful. I Like, this is what I should have, at least. And I don't even have that. (laughs) And I want to have it, but I don't know how. Um, I don't know how to understand it. I don't know how to recognize it or experience it. And through that unfolding over the years with regular sadhana or daily spiritual practice, um, what has come to me is... Trust, trust is a connection. It's not one way, it's, it is a relationship. Trust is holds from patience, from acceptance, from commitment as well. Not to find or look for the ideal time or the ideal teacher or the ideal practice or the ideal situation because there is no such thing Um, but to to just engage in commitment and then as we watch things unfold through our self-effort which breaks down sort of or I'd say starts to soften the the hold of perception um, and prejudice and you know egos um tenacity what unfolds is we're able to see patterns and then beyond the patterns we're able to witness or be shown that we are witnessing and and so it's like a cumulative thing over time the trust just arrives um it's, it's not something, it's not like an infatuation, you know, I always feel like relationship with Sadna. it's like, you know, what kind of, what is your practice to use it? an infatuation? Is it a fad? Is it like, a, you know, um, what do you call it? Um, a short term arrangement or, you know, what is it like? <laughs> and then based on that, we know how we feel inside and how it unfolds in life. So, you know, for the flip side, not having continuity to me is it's like feeling thorns in the heart. Um in dryness. You know, like the cactus, it has thorns, but it's it's very moist and very fleshy inside and and it can stay with those opposites. But if there is no continuity, I feel like it's dry, it's dry inside, it's famished, it's parched, cracking, it's unbearable yeah I don't know if that answered your question but that's what came now
2: (laughs) it absolutely does and I'm thinking of you know somebody who might be listening to this who says I would love to have more continuity in my practice and I would love to have that degree of trust and there's a gap between that and where I am and the challenge is overcoming or you know being able to bridge that gap and so I'm interested in another two-part question Um, what have been some of the challenges that you've experienced in establishing and maintaining both continuity and trust in your own journey and also in your capacity as a teacher if you had a student who came to you and said i i would love that and i am not there at the moment what would you offer that student in that moment
1: i don't think we're ever there because we can only be here and every here is a bindu or a dot on this in the circle. And it's necessary. And the circle because it's whole and it's circular. um, It is embracing of everything. And so the first thing I'd say is know that you're here And here is is not a coincidence, it's not an accident, even if it seems like it, it's grace. And here is exactly where I need to be, where I am right now. I ask myself, why do I need to be more as a teacher as well? Just this morning, actually, just before, you know, before we got on this call, I was, I have been considering for a few weeks, you know, there have been some opportunities that came to me that I thought, my teacher deserves these opportunities. These are, you know, these are not, like, I don't know as much as him. And, um, at the same time i understood because of the way that i can communicate and you know sort of be i am like this bridge between india and the west and my command over the language and you know who knows i was trying to justify it So, okay probably that's why you know i was asked to do this and but there's always a little bit of doubt and i want to say doubt is allowed doubt creates space for growth It creates space for humility. And just before, you know, I had, I had a very strong, I wouldn't say strong, I just had a very beautiful meditation this morning. And, um, what came to me was, you don't need to know all the information. You just need to share the experience. And That's these two different words, abhyas or study um, and anubhav or experience. And I noticed because of my own doubt and insecurity for maybe a month or so. uh, Well, I think it's always been there. They always exist, right? In different degrees. And uh, I'm at peace with that. I'm I'm always looking to see, like, where where are you guiding me? And... I yesterday I was just saying, like, I just want Anubha. I don't want so much Vidya. Like, I don't want so much knowledge. It's going to be thousands of lifetimes, if if not more, before. I mean, there's just so much when it comes to yoga and Vedanta and Tantra. Like, it's, it's almost like gathering this bank balance, right? That you don't know what to do with. Because it's so full, and you—it's so full that you don't even know how to direct it or share it or like you know it—it's it, overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And um, so I wanted to, you know, Karina, I wanted to share about doubt before I share about continuity and and trust and you know where we are right now, and um, to to keep. This continuity, I think it's a relationship. So there's the self-effort, which we do through sadhana, and then there's grace, and grace is always present. And there are sometimes that grace feels more accessible than others, and we have uh, you know the ancient science of Jyotish, which uh, helps us to understand and navigate um how to it's not really like fortune telling or like saying what's going to happen in your life though it is you know it depends on you know who you sort of have your birth chart read by and it lets us know when grace may be more accessible so we can intensify our self-effort and sometimes we don't need to intensify our self-effort <laughs> depending on our dosha. sometimes we need to just Stop making so much self effort. <laughs> so um, that's that's a tool, and my own journey with continuity has been extremely challenging. My um, primary dosha and Ayurveda, like my tendency, is vata, like air and pitta, fire. Not you know, it's it's wonderful in many ways, but it's also very and erratic and um, I was always a free spirit, didn't like rules ever, uh, always stuck to them because I was Miss to shoes, I always wanted to be liked so I stuck to the rules not because I believed in them but because I needed the approval, <laughs> I thrived on it and, um, and then um, you know I realized it took me to a time and a point in my inner landscape where I was so fed up of the thoughts and I couldn't run away from people and situations because even if I did the thoughts stayed with me and I wanted to kind of end my life I was pretty certain I, that was like the only solution um, and then I, I went to Vipassana. I was 16 years old and um, I randomly met somebody that uh, was very cute and had just this guy, and he he spoke about Vipassana. I was like, mm, I think I should do this. <laughs> and so a friend of mine and myself went to Vipassana. Ten days in silence. You know, but the predominant people are very talkative. Um, and that was like torture. I got sick the first three days and I was like, no, I'm going to stay with this. And at the end of the 10th day, I was really like I felt so light and almost like you know if it's if that's what levitation felt like I felt like that's what was going to happen to me in a moment and um and that sort of solidified the trust to say hey you know what let me just commit to practice and and it's got me so much in like 10 days imagine what else it could do And the truth is, after that, Mm -hmm. because it does sound like a soap opera and life is like that, (laughs) I fell off the wagon again, (laughs) many times. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I think, you know, that's okay too. It's, It's how to find kindness for ourselves. Not the excuses, but the kindness to say, okay, let's get on back again.
2: Yeah. Awesome. I love that because it feels like all of it just feels like a big hug.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
2: I, I love a big hug.
1: <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, have, um,
2: I have another question for you and then I'll hand over to, to Nat. And um, it's sort of a question about you know, there's the, the practice itself And then, you know, something that you've spoken a lot about also is the relationship that we have with the, with the practice. And I'm interested in your perspective on, you know, there's practices mirror and, you know, our practice will obviously reflect a lot back to us, you know, about what's happening for, for us. And, then there's that experience that we sometimes have where practice might be actually just sort of like a pleasure-seeking endeavor like we just want to do the practices that feel nice rather than the ones that are uh, are good for us and then maybe at the other end of the spectrum there's that sense of i'm so determined to be committed to my practice that i'm going to stick with this practice that may not be good for me just for the sake of My desire to be committed and so I would be really interested to hear what you uh, have to say about that and about navigating that sort of spectrum between it's uncomfortable right now but there's something in there in that discomfort for me uh or you know, I'm doing this because it feels nice and I'm avoiding the discomfort or I'm, this is uncomfortable, but it's actually not serving me and Mm -hmm. how somebody might exercise uh, the discernment that would allow them to uh, kind of navigate those questions.
1: That's a very good question, Karina. Um, I feel like there are several layers to, to this, to attempting to answer this. One is, um, you know, I just want to put into perspective what I mean by practice, because practice can mean different things to different people. So for me, practice or sadhana, um, sadhana is a vehicle. And sadhana is the vehicle to getting from sadhana siddhi, Um, you know, not in terms of the supernatural siddhis, you know, but Siddhis more like to me it's more like clarity and feeling into the heart of the truth as it is meant to be experienced in a in a moment or in a period. And so, practice asana would be the whole way of living life, which is what yoga is. And of course, you know there will be, you know, ups and downs. And I'm going to give you a really mundane example because I don't want to glorify the quiet times of sadhana, like the meditation or the, you know, pranayama or whatever. Not like I mean, those are absolutely like stunning and like those are like the womb uh, to me of the practice but you know things like chopping vegetables um I don't I don't enjoy cooking I miss being in India and having like a Maharaj to cook I really miss it and and so I notice resistance almost every time I have to cook which is every day so so you know Like yesterday afternoon I was in between sessions and I was having my daughter talk to me about after school like what happened in school and I was chopping okra and in my mind and doing the mantra so that even whatever is present it is pacified a little bit and purified as well with the mantra. So both are present, like oh my god, I have like fifteen minutes to cut like two pounds of okra, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, this is also my time with my little one, so I've got to be fully present for her and not not chop my own fingers and chant the mantra in the back of my head and <laughs> all of this. Um, and yeah, so so opposites will always be present, and I want to say this, and the degree shifts. Um, and in terms of doing a sadhana, I think it's really important not to just randomly pick a practice to do. So, you know, yeah, I just wrote about it and um, everything is available to us right now. Like everything is, everything is on sale. Every yogic practice, every whatever, forget yoga, like anything is on sale right now. It's available. Just need to click a button. You know, some things are, most things, lots of things are also free. Um, but we are still inhabiting a sense of urgency and we're still oscillating between emotions and perceptions. Like the world is literally oscillating between two extremes of perception, uh, whether it's about politics or the vaccine or like whatever it is, right? Um, and so understanding, I think it's important to get guidance on what practice is good for us um, or more than good because you know that takes me back to good and bad which is limited what practice is um nurturing for us and nurturing isn't always pleasant um from being a mom I can say this with extreme honesty <laughs> uh, nurturing is sometimes firm um not aggressive but firm and having someone to be able to first understand, like, you know, what's my Ayurvedic dosha and what is it predominantly my prakriti, what is my nivriti on a particular day at a particular time, and then what practice is suited. So in the Western mindset, and forgive me, I'm using this word quite loosely. Um but I think I mean more in a rational based mindset, right? Wherever that's kind of fan, fan word. Um, we think I have to force myself to do this because it's good for me. Like I have to exercise every day because it's good, you know. Um, but maybe we don't recognize my body is so exhausted now. I don't have the strength to exercise. I don't need to push myself to exercise. I need to rest. Ayurved would be able to um, to guide us on, you know, say if the ojas is depleted and you're trying to say like, no, I need to do more like, you know, asana or more like, you know, like whatever it is, right? Um, even pranayama, if the ojas is depleted, we do not want to do kumpak or like, you know, whole retentions. And then if we're forcing ourselves, because logically, no, retentions are where the magic of pranayama is. I need to be doing retentions. And I went through this myself. You know, I I kind of did this bad stuff to myself for a bit. (laughs) And um, then you feel more depleted. And then we think, oh, this sadhana is not working for me. Or I need to find another teacher. I need to find another practice, another lineage, another something. And it's just like um, a trap. So understanding our doshas, to me, and it's something we are going to explore next door on Sadhana Club, it helps us meet ourselves with compassion because then we understand, like, you know, how are the elements interacting within me and how can I respond to them, not force them into something? You can't force the elements. You can't force the elements. It's nature. We just can't do it. It requires so much effort to go against the flow of nature. And when we rationalize our sadhana so much, um, looking for logic, looking for um, you know validation, for feeling good about ourselves because I showed up and did my practice or I did the same thing or I did an advanced practice. And, you know, what we're missing is this compassion towards ourselves. So I think having guidance and understanding um, is really, really important to, to not swinging between these extremes.
0: Yeah. It seems to come back to trust as well. Yeah. Yeah. A guide that you can trust. <laughs> and then also learning how to trust your own inner guidance. Yeah,
1: and that's what Sadna gives us, right? Um, you know, perhaps like you, I've been through several, um, you know, challenges with teachers and lineages and, you know, all of that. And I remember it was about two years ago that there was this news of, you know, um, some kind of um, abuse in the lineage in the past and it shook me up so much because I knew these things happened I was like well in other lineage is not in mine (laughs) and um, all I had at that time because for the first time in my life apart from like nursing journey I couldn't sleep I was tormented and I just came back to sadhana because it's the only thing I knew and where had I received this adma from? This very lineage. But it gave me, and is still giving me, I still don't have like one person that I can say, like I have a guru in, in this living world. Um, but it's, there's that trust that has developed that doesn't need a person, doesn't need an intermediary. And one of my teachers actually said to me, A few weeks ago, I messaged him and I said, you know, he's a monk. And I said, you know, Swamiji, I haven't studied with you for so long. And he says, you don't need to study with me. You are are a student of the Divine Mother. And she's choosing whoever you need to study with, when you need to study. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, wow,
0: you know, he's so right. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot in that about where we can tap into continuity, and that it it isn't something that we necessarily find in the external world. And if we're relying on other human beings, as an intermediary, we will most likely be disappointed at some point in time. And if we can develop a relationship with the internal, eternal, (laughs) then Mm. while we will be challenged, disappointment in that um doesn't really seem like a possibility yeah
1: i feel to share with you something one of my teachers says a little story um, and i think it's very pertinent uh, for this time uh, this whole yoga, we're only five thousand years into Kali Yuga, so there is <laughs> there is lifetimes more of this this madness. Um, and it's a it was about an interview that someone had with the Dalai Lama. and um this guy, I don't know, it was hard talk or it was one of those like you know people that you know make people cry on their interviews or you know whatever. And um this guy, the host asked the Dalai Lama. Look at you sitting here looking so peaceful, talking about compassion, you know, and, you know, whatever else he was talking about. Don't you ever feel bad that the whole world is suffering and here you are talking about peace? Like, don't you feel that pain? Like, are you inhuman because you're so compassionate? Um, or, you know, so he was quite kind of touchy in the way that he asked the question. And my memory of it because I never watched this it's just my memory from my own perception in the story is you know the Dalai Lama closed his eyes and then he said I feel it all but the peace is more and what Sadhana gives me to all the turbulence, which is ever-present is this almost like a blanket of peace. It's, it's nourishing, it's comforting, it's stable, it's without urgency. The urgency, I'm not saying it doesn't arise, it does, but it doesn't stay for long. And that I think is a gift, that shift, the shift, the quicker shifts um, or the more instant shifts are a gift of, I can only attribute it to waking up every day for years, you know, mostly at 4am and doing the same sadhana. I haven't changed my sadhana very much. It's really been like kind of, you do the same thing. So you, whatever sadhana works for you or that I would say your teacher has recommended for you um, just doing that and not looking for like excitement it's like you know being in a marriage you're going to be bored sometimes it's normal you you know you're going to be a little disconnected sometimes it's normal you're going to be like passionately madly in love and not want to leave each other for a moment you know sometimes and, and that's normal too like it's all part of the experience so are we going to like, say, oh, this, this this marriage doesn't, like, it doesn't feel like, you know, it's a bit boring now, I'm going to just go find it. Like, yes, maybe, but, you know, what, what are we with at the end of the day in ourselves is that is that question. Like, have I allowed myself to see how trust can sprout even through doubt? Because doubt, what is doubt? Doubt is just a seeking for trust, isn't it? It just comes back to trust. And we're wired for that, for connection and
0: trust. Yeah. I've got to get back to our questions. I'm lost in the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm loving it. Um, So, I think a good place to kind of jump back in is a conversation about this, this word Santati. Am I saying it properly? Yes. Santati. Yes. Santati. Santati. Ah, it sounds almost like sanctity. Yeah, that's true. There energetically feels like a correlation, maybe not according to the dictionary, but (laughs) Santati. So, We have a a basic understanding of the Sanskrit word santati as as continuity. Do you have a deeper understanding of that particular word? Um,
1: I'm not like a Sanskrit etymology expert. Uh, For me, the language, the, the Sanskrit is is very sensuous and the way that I feel the way it moves in my mouth and the way the prana moves um and I haven't studied the etymology of sympathy so I I don't want to you know attempt something and be misleading
0: that's very fair us either <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the way that we were introduced to it in terms of in terms of of practice and yoga as Life uh, is that it it's it is this continuity it's this through line um, which connects our practice with our life through an undercurrent of worldview um, and this worldview in our tradition that that the world and everything in it is beautiful because it is all an expression of the divine. And that by developing certain worldviews like that, that that can become an anchor point for us in developing continuity or santati. Is there a particular worldview that you embrace um, that maybe is similar to that or completely divergent from that that helps you to anchor into this this steadiness, this through line of peace or trust.
1: Mm. Um, as you asked me this, I, you know, what was coming to me was understanding. Right now, this is what's coming. Understanding prarabd karma. You know, it's the arrow is being shot, um, and it's doing what it has to do whether we look at COVID or politics or healthcare or, you know, um, racism or whatever it is that we're looking at, something is in motion. It doesn't mean that I have to be in action, uh, but it also means that I don't have to jump to action for everything. Yeah. Um, and allowing myself to notice that this is something intense and maybe i need to go out and say something about it or maybe i need to do something in some inner work or um you know and that is ma to me that's you know for me ma shakti as prana shakti is creativity um the way that you know, we can look at the world from Vedanta as like all Maya, which it is, of course, that point of view is very valid too. And then we can look at it, you know, as you shared, it's all the the creation, uh, of, all the, the manifestation of the mother. And feeling into that for me is this, you know, you know, as you said, the sense of continuity, that it's not a result that we're looking, we're not, fixing anything because everything is dynamic and ever shall be and there is still stillness in the in
0: in the dynamic a dynamic stillness right there's so much to digest (laughs) (laughs) we've that we've talked about um although i know we could go on for hours and hours and hours and i wish that we could (laughs) in the interest of um of time um we'll just say we'll press pause and we'll we'll continue our conversation at some point continuity <laughs> yes <laughs> Didn't <even> plan that. <laughs> so a very gracious thank you from karina and myself um for your time and your energy and your generosity in sharing um we're we're We both adore you, and we feel really honored to be able to enjoy time and space with you. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much. I really uh, felt
0: very warm in
1: this conversation. Um, And I know we've never physically met. I know we shall. Um, And it's, it's really graceful. And I just feel to, to say something that came to me just as you were speaking about continuity and connecting again. Um, when I studied Latin ballroom dance, yes, I did, in Rochester, New York, way back. <laughs> My teacher said to me, I think it was the waltz uh, we were doing, well, I was also doing standard ballroom. And um, and he said to me, when you begin you begin breathing in and you begin the movement on the out-breath. And remember that the music has never stopped. The music is always playing and someone is always dancing. And you are just carrying on from where someone has left or from where you are connecting back with the music that has always been there. Mm.
0: All three of us are dancers, so I think we all feel that in a really special way. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I think, Karina, you are muted right now if you wanted.
2: (laughs) I just wanted to say thank you so much, Mirabelle. The whole thing just
0: felt like an (laughs) embrace. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And if anyone is interested in learning more about Mirabelle, we'll have her contact information um, in the description of our podcast. Um, And we would be happy to give you um, access to whatever she's offering at the time. Um, Sadhana Club is definitely something to look into. It's a really rich, continuous offering that Mirabelle uh, hosts and guides. Um, And we'll provide some more information about that as well, if you're interested. And um, we'll just ask that you subscribe to our podcast if you like what you're hearing, so you can return and continue this conversation with us as we endeavor to explore some of the nuances of yoga and um, the life that that is yoga. Uh, And if you have any questions specifically for us or for Mirabelle, you can put those into the comments below. And we would also love to hear from you your takeaway from this. What does continuity mean to you? How does this conversation feel to you? Is there any renewed inspiration um, or maybe a deepening of a sense of trust or perhaps even a validation uh, around some of the doubts that you have felt uh, now or in the past? So with that, we will sign off and um, thank you all for joining us as well.